bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. I love when people can share their personal experiences, things that they've gone through, difficult things that things that they've overcome to help other people. So I'm already a huge fan of this guy, Drew Manning. Go and listen to his podcast. I'm sure you already have. It's hugely popular. Uh, fit to Fat to Fit Experience. He's got his A&E TV show, which I absolutely love. He's just a wonderful guy. And a couple months ago, he did a podcast on his podcast all about his porn addiction, sex addiction issues and healing. And I thought, oh my gosh, Drew kicks butt in so many ways. And I've struggled myself with these issues. So I am beyond thrilled to have Drew. Drew, I'm so excited we're going to be talking about this today. Welcome back. Thank you, Lisa. It's good to be back on. And, um, you know, this is a, will be a very interesting topic. So I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in, in hearing what, what both of us have to say. Oh, you know, it's because we always talk about health, right? Which is great. And obviously, this is part of health. But we're talking about fitness and keto and weightlifting and training. And, but this is like a, a big thing that I had no idea uh, about you. Um, I think some people have figured out that I definitely have like attention seeking issues. I, I've had friends privately message me and go, okay, enough with the selfies and up with this. You're such an attention seeker. My husband just shakes his head and goes, oh my God, there she goes again. But it really bothers him. So I have pulled back if people look at my social media, this isn't about me. But I still struggle. I'm not out there sleeping around, but I still have those be attention seeking behaviors that I'm working on because when I was single and I was sleeping around to validate myself, it wasn't good. And I'd love for you to talk about your experience with this and how you think it started and what, you know, what think was the triggers for you. Um, I already know because I listen to your podcast and everyone should, but yeah. I want you to tell us now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, backing up, to kind of like the beginning of my story, it really comes down to my perception of of the world I was living in, right? So my perception growing up in, in the family environment and the religious environment that I grew up in was that I had to be a certain way. I had to be perfect, even though, you know, you know, my church leaders or, or family members would tell me, you know, you don't have to be perfect. But for me, I just felt the pressure all the time to having to be perfect. But I was a normal teenage boy with, you know, hormones raging and so of course you know all my friends were like looking at pornography and i was taught that pornography is evil right and so my perception of it was kind of like okay well i can't i can't have it i can't look at it but it's so exciting and i want to right so it kind of created this what i call forbidden fruit syndrome kind of like in the the garden of eden adam and eve like you know you, you weren't supposed to eat the fruit they knew that but eve still did because it was enticing and anyways it was kind of like the same thing for me with pornography where i just felt like um, you know, I knew it was bad. And so in, anytime I participated in it, I would feel so guilty and ashamed immediately afterwards. But it created this vicious cycle throughout my teenage years. And I remember if I spoke about it or, you know, confessed, there was a punishment, right? I would get in trouble, I would get yelled at, or I would, you know, there was a, a church discipline in the religion I grew up in. And uh, so from a that very young Mormon, age... That was Mormon, right? Yes, Mormon, LDS church. Um, okay. You know, I, from a very young age, I uh, I felt that guilt and shame, and I just decided to hide it because I didn't like the feeling of being punished and other people knowing about it. So I just kind of kept it in, pretended it didn't happen, never talked about it, never had an outlet, which was a very unhealthy you know relationship. But that's kind of my perception, and that's where things started. 
Yeah, it's so interesting because for me, it was about having a dysfunctional family and feeling not good at home. And then I didn't feel good out in the world. I was skinny and uncoordinated. And to say as a late bloomer is an understatement. I didn't get my period till like the month before I turned 16. All of my friends had boyfriends. I had frizzy hair and braces. And I my all the jocks called me olive oil, you know, from Popeye and olive oil because my hair was frizzy. So I used to wear it in this like tight, horrible ponytail. And it was the 80s. I should have just like let it all out. But I just didn't like big hair. Anyway, so. So I just, it was more, and then when I bloomed, it was like, I turned 18, I finally got a figure and all these guys started paying attention to me. And then it kind of filled that void of the way I grew up. And then it kind of, so it's interesting how we both can get to the same place from different types of experiences. Yeah. And I think we all have different vices and they manifest themselves in different yeah. ways. For some of us, it might be, you know, porn. For some, it might be food or some might be drugs or alcohol. Sure. Um, it manifests itself in different forms. And so... That's why I don't judge people if they, you know, if they have their vices that are maybe more noticeable to the public, whereas other ones keep it in. They can hide it from other people. We all have some type of vice, you know, whether it's an uh, unhealthy vice or even a healthy vice, people that, you know, work out too much or that are addicted to exercise or, you know, that can be considered a healthier vice, but still it's a vice nonetheless. And we do it to cope with uh, those those things in our life that um, bring us stress. And so that was that was it for me. And it really just caused me to um, not communicate and, like I said, uh, not tell the people I love. So when I got married, I hid it from my wife because I knew that it would break her heart if she knew that I looked at pornography. And so I was like, well, I don't want to get divorced. I don't want to be the cause of this pain. So I'm just going to hide it from her and pretend it doesn't happen because that's the best thing to do. But inside, I was dealing with all this guilt and shame about it and just feeling like I was a failure, right? And that's kind of where... Um, you know, things started to go downhill for me. I just looked at myself as a failure, but on the outside, I would pretend like I was, I had it all together and I was confident, but on the inside here, I was just kind of needing help and I didn't know how to ask for it because there was, you know, um, the perception of being punished in a way or, uh, being found out or being looked at as a failure and I could not let that happen. And so, um, this led to me, uh, being presented with an opportunity to have an affair, which before that I never would happen um and uh but this like the stars aligned and there was an opportunity for it and i was i i, I remember telling my my ex-wife at the time uh the uh, few, a few weeks before it happened that i would never cheat on her she had a dream that i cheated on her and i was like i would never do that i'm not that person and then boom here i am three weeks later having an affair and not knowing how to deal with it and so it was really hard it was i so i hit it and i hit it from her I hit it from everybody else, pretending like it didn't happen, and just try to deal with it on the inside. And that just kind of, uh, uh, you know, made things even worse in the long run. You know, Drew, I'm curious, how long did it take? Because it's a, it's a, I would think it would be a long process. I'm just curious, like, was it weekly therapy? Was it over the phone? I, I'd love to get the details because I think for a lot of people struggling, they're not sure if they're supposed to be going to some sort of addiction center or a rehab or, yeah. you know, so help us with that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I kind of skipped over some stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, initially what I did is I went through my church, uh, the route that they provided, right? So, you know, I had to go confess these sins, and there was a punishment where I couldn't uh, participate in the church fully for, you know, about a year. And then I had to have this addiction recovery for, for men with pornography addiction. And, and in a sense, that helped um, because it helped me realize that I wasn't alone in this. There was other men yeah. that kind of struggled with this. So, helped normalize it for me, if you will. But then, um, you know, uh, that only helped me so far. Uh, I still lived in guilt and shame and uh, defining myself by my past. 
And then once I met with the life coach, which we met, you know, once a week, uh, she helped me deal with um, these stories that I was trying to overcome about myself and being a failure and and uh, and those kinds of things once a week with her. And then, you know, reading the books by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, um, also the books, uh, The Four Agreements um, is another great book uh, to help let go of, of your past. And so, um, you know, those those are the kinds of things that really helped me get to the point where I am today, where I can openly talk about this, you know, publicly on a radio show with you, Lisa, and other people. Awesome. Um, and you wouldn't believe how many men and women have reached out to me after this to kind of thank me because I feel like, you know, it, it gives other people courage to talk about their weaknesses and to, um, you know, not define themselves by their past and to truly own their story, even though it's hard at first. It's hard to be vulnerable. And it's scary. But once you realize that it's the strength in the end, it'll be it'll change your life forever. What would you say was harder, stopping the behavior or feel or, or not having that uh, self-blame and all of that, ah, you know, that you had about all the things that you had done? I need a stronger yeah. word than ah, but you know what I mean? <laughs> at first, it was stopping the behavior because, you know, in a sense, I did feel like at the time I was addicted to pornography yeah. where I when I would tell myself, OK, you can't do this anymore. I tried for years, you know, to stop, but I, I, I really had to heck control over. But for me, once I just changed my perception of pornography, so for example, now I don't really feel like, you know, pornography addiction for me is the same as what I used to think it was, right? So now um, my view of pornography, you know, which I know some people might find controversial, is I don't really look at it as bad or good or evil or, you know, or righteous. I just look at it sure. as it is what it is like it's nothing unless you give meaning to it and so changing the perception of of pornography really helped me to be in control of of myself it wasn't staying as far away from edge as possible so possible because that's kind of what religion taught me is like hey to get over pornography addiction don't look at it stay as far away from it as possible which i get but we live in a world where you know, there's pornography everywhere and so it's not like i can't see it but if i can change my perception of it when i do see it where it doesn't cause a reaction in my mind. And I can just step back and realize that I'm the observer of my thoughts and I'm not, and that I'm not my thoughts, right? Um, then that really has changed the game for me to where I'm in control of, of what I think and what I do and how I react. And so um, I know that it, it, it takes a while to get there. Uh, for some people, for me, it did. Um, but it first starts with being vulnerable, in, in my opinion. Did did Lynn ever say to you, why didn't you tell me about this? Like when we first got married, that you had these issues, I could have helped you or I would have been aware or did that not come up? No, it, it did in a way. I mean, her, first of all, her first reaction was like, can I just death? Like you are, you know, are horrible, a horrible human being. You know, if you really oh. loved me, you wouldn't look at these things. Or you wouldn't do these things. So you you must not have ever really loved me. And that's not the truth. But that was her perception. I don't think that's. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's true at all. But go on. Exactly. But, you know. It, it had to do with her fear and, and her fears kind of manifesting themselves of, you know, my husband would never do that. He loves me. Uh, but it has it had nothing to do with her. That's what I realized is that my affair, my pornography addiction had nothing to do with her, had everything to do with how I viewed myself. And so um, exactly. I, the reason that um, she kind of, you know, acted that way was, well, when we were dating, she asked if I looked at pornography and I, I admitted to her I did. And she was heartbroken. You know, she um, she was devastated. Uh, to be honest with you. And so I, at that moment, I realized I can never really tell her the truth because she would be heartbroken. And so um, I know that sometimes women think, well, why don't you just come to me? Why don't you just tell me? 
But when you live in a place of like you're so fearful of the consequences and you don't want to put that person through that, it's um you know it's kind of paralyzing. You're like, well, I'm just it's easier just to hide it. And so, but if I would have known about vulnerability as a strength back then and really believe that, it would have made such a world of difference. And I think a lot a lot of the men maybe listening to this, you know, if you can learn to embrace vulnerability now as a strength, it'll be save you so much headache in the long run. Oh, I think so too. You know, when I met my husband, I told him. I told him everything and uh, I didn't name the number because he would have run the other way of men I've been with, but I I was, you know, (laughs) I really was honest. And I said, I have this trouble and this and that. And, and so a couple of years ago, I wanted to go to my high school reunion and he knew I hated high school. He knew I was made fun of, you know, the the two people, a couple of friends from high school I'm in touch with regularly. So he's like, why do you want to go? And you're online a lot. You want to sleep with someone, don't you? And he was right. I wanted to like hook up with some guy that totally ignored me in high school because I had a big crush on him. And now he thinks I'm pretty. And now, he, you know, it's it's like all this twisted crap about not feeling good enough. And I always felt left out and I didn't have the normal teenage dating experience. And I had a crappy childhood. And he was just like, you're not going like end of conversation. You're just not, you know, like this is it. You're not going. And that was a big wake up because I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't even like that. And then I started to get to know this guy and I'm like, oh my God, like we have nothing in common. Totally values are different politics. Like that's something really important to me, which whatever, that's another conversation. But it just like, I was so upset with myself. Like I'm, my husband is flipping amazing and we have a great time and we adore him and we have fun. We have great sex life and the whole nine years makes me laugh same values. So I'm like, what is, what the hell is wrong with me? Just because I didn't get that validation growing up anyway. So that's why I encourage people to be honest with their partners if they can. I mean, if you haven't, I mean, I'm just saying if you ran out and cheated, I mean, then you might need therapy, but I mean, if you like, oh my gosh, like you're starting, you're going to get married, but I have these porn issues or I have had sex addiction in my past, just like I would want someone to tell me if they're an alcoholic or a drug addict or a food addict. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing that to help people realize is that if someone has an affair or looks at pornography to re- help them realize that it has nothing to do with them, it has nothing to do with their value. Nothing. Right. So that was, that was yeah. the hard part for my ex-wife was that she looked at herself as, okay, well, it must be my fault. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, good enough. I'm not a good enough wife, you know, but in reality, if you can really realize that all that stuff has nothing to do with yourself and has everything to do with that person struggling, you know, for example, like if someone has an alcoholic, and they love their family, but they still continue to drink and have problems. It, has, it doesn't mean that they don't love their family. So I, don't, I want people to realize yes. that, you know, coming from someone who used to be an, an, an addict in the past, it had nothing to do with how much you love the other people. It has everything to do with how much you love yourself. And so um, I think if people could be open to, you know, some type of life coaching or therapy to realize that they have self-worth, I, I think, you know, it will help out with a lot of problems. I don't know if it's can be black and white and solve every single problem that's out there but embracing vulnerability learning to love yourself and and having self-worth will will make it so that you don't feel the need to look for these outside sources of validation or happiness but you can create your own happiness from within and those things truly don't bring you happiness but it's a coping mechanism right like like you you're aware of of why you did those things or why you you know have those struggles and it stems from you know childhood issues (laughs) So yeah. it takes some time to, to get to that point. You know, it's funny because I've done, I did years of therapy, but I wasn't working on this issue. I was working more on just other stuff. Um, but something that's really helped me, I want to give a shout out to Craig Pera, um, 
or para P E R R A. You can find him on Twitter at the mindful habit and also at Coleman Baker. I had them on my other show. It's your health. And I would really recommend you checking it out. Uh, both of them had uh, sex addiction, addiction issues. And the mindful habit is a great program because it really helps you. Like for me at this point, it's like, I don't post a lot of selfies now like I did. It became a habit and they were lots of cleavage and this and that. And now I'll I'll post a selfie if it has to do with the subject. But I, I mean, I'm not going to cover up like a nun, but it's not just like there just because. And so, you know, baby steps, but I am making some progress. Uh, if people see too many selfies, just tell me, Lisa, you're falling into bad patterns. I mean, like I said, I've had friends say enough with the cleavage. Even though I love my cleavage, everybody else doesn't have to. And it still goes back to me not feeling good enough. So I'm not where you are, Drew. I'll admit it. I still struggle. But I talk with my husband about it. And that really helps. And, you know, I think we all do the best we can. And we have to try to, you know, not beat ourselves up, but also not continue bad behavior. But you know what I'm or not, not even bad. I shouldn't have labeled it. But, you know, what, unhealthy behavior. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah. you know, if you realize that, you know, perfectionism is the goal here. It's not perfection at all. It's just yeah. progress, right? Making progress or, or realizing that you, you know, don't have to be perfect and beating yourself up if you're not perfect. Because the worst thing you can do is feel guilty and ashamed after every mistake you make. Instead of looking yeah. at life happening to you, like, why did this have to happen to me? Why do I have to struggle with this? And if you could look at life as happening for you, like, this is happening for me to learn a lesson. What lesson am I needing to learn here? It'll be so much, your life will be so much more meaningful and uh, purposeful uh, versus like, why me? Why does, do I keep failing at this instead of looking at life happening for you? Because life is happening for you. I promise you that. And whether it takes, you know, a month, a year, 10 years, it doesn't matter how long it takes for you to learn a lesson. Um, you know, I feel like everything happens for a greater good. And that's why these kinds of things happen for us to learn and grow from. Uh, but sometimes for some people, it takes a long time. So be patient with yourself, learn to love yourself during the process and realize that perfection isn't the goal and never is, never was. No one will ever be perfect. So just realize that. Yeah, I think that's true. I have to say, Drew, I'm just so in awe of you. I love your podcast and I love all the work that you do. And I'm just so blessed that you come on my shows regularly because you always have so many great things to say. And you really are my favorite, like go-to guy when it comes to health and wellness and and uh, all that good stuff. And I've been trying to eat an avocado a day. So um, I fall off, I fall off the wagon, see, but I won't beat myself up. They've been, they've been hard as rocks. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do? Yeah. At any rate, at any rate, Drew, tell us all the places we can find you. And I'm so excited. You're going to be on talk fitness today coming up quite a bit. And you're always welcome here on talk healthy today. And you've been on it's your health. And I've just, you can find all of this. If you go to www.itsyourhealthwithlisadavis. You'll find all the shows and you'll find a lot of Drew. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. And it's so easy to find me online. It's just fit number two, fat number two, fit. So that's the name of my website, my book, my social media handles are all fit to fat to fit. Um, and so it's really easy to find me online. And just really quickly, so I just want to say thank you for having me on and letting me talk about more than just meal plans and macros and exercises and workouts because there's so much more to health than just our bodies. There's so much more to health than just the physical side of transformation. I like to focus more on the mental, emotional, and spiritual, which is why I talk about these things because health isn't just a body fat percentage and weight loss and being skinny. There's so much more to our, our health than just the physical. So thank you for allowing me to talk about these things. Oh, I agree completely. I also want to remind everyone to check out at Mindful Habit and at Coleman Baker. You can also check me out at Health Media Gal One, at Talk Healthy, the number two day on Twitter and Snapchat, Facebook, 
Talk Healthy Today podcast. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you like, please rate and review and subscribe. It makes a big difference, brings more people to the show. And I'm just so thrilled that you're here. Thank you all and stay well.